Welcome to a new episode of News and English, a podcast for advanced learners of English in which the news is an excuse for a tiny lesson. Today, global ransomware attack. More than 45,000 ransomware attacks, ultimately afflicting around 300,000 computers in 150 countries, were carried out in one single day. The disruption, or the impossibility to function in a normal way, was unprecedented, or had never happened before, as once the malware struck, or the software with the virus hit for the first time, it spread quickly around the world and only eased or was alleviated hours and days later. But what is ransomware? To begin with, ransomware is a portmanteau word, or a blend. It combines the words ransom, which is the money paid to free a person from being held prisoner, and where, which in turn is a short for software. Ransomware is a term used for a specific kind of software virus or a computer program that can cause data to fault or function improperly, or be destroyed. The virus encrypts the files in the computer's memory, or puts information into a special code that cannot be interpreted without authorized permission for access. Naturally, the files may be recovered if the owner of the affected computer pays the ransom. Some French researchers have been able to decrypt the files and thus restore them. However, they have warned this can only be done if the computer has not been rebooted or switched off and started immediately again. A high level of expertise or expert knowledge is needed to restore the hijacked computers to normal. Victims range from individual owners to hospitals, government offices, universities and private companies around the globe. Despite the alleged or supposed expectations of the cyber criminals or those responsible for breaking the law by using the internet to steal money from individuals or organizations, there is evidence that few victims paid the ransom. Many have voiced concerns that paying the hackers or those who have stolen information from people's computers, lays victims open to further attacks. The ransom was to be paid in Bitcoin, a type of electronic currency which is not recognized by any of the world's central banks. However, many of the victims struck a defiant tone and refused to pay largely because they were prepared for these types of digital attacks. And while the daily activities of many were severely hamstrung or prevented from proceeding normally, many others have been able to replace the affected data. Some attacks could also have come from copycats or an imitation of the original ransomware. These copycats muddy or foil or thwart or impede attempts to catch those behind 
the initial cyber attack. Irrespective of the success of the attack, the purpose seems to have been to wreak havoc, that is, do extensive damage, or to bring a large section of the population of the world to its knees, that is, to defeat it completely. Cyber crooks, or highly dishonest people who operate online, have existed for some time. The first known case of cybercrime took place in the U.S. in 2005. But now criminals are demanding more and more money to unlock or enable the operation of computers, tablets, smartphones and the like. How does WannaCry, the ransomware we have been talking about, work? It locks or immobilizes all your data and leaves two files in the computer, one instructing what you should do next and another with a program for encrypting the files. Upon opening the software, the user is informed that the files in the computer have been encrypted and that the user has a certain number of days to pay the ransom. If the money is not paid before the deadline, the files are deleted. Instructions are also given to pay in Bitcoin. And how does WannaCry access your computer? This is done through what is known as phishing, spelled P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, by means of which, for example, a person receives an email purporting or pretending to belong to a familiar, though fraudulent, source, such as a boss or relative. The email comes with instructions to open a link, which redirects to a malicious website that surreptitiously or secretly downloads the virus. There is also a more dangerous version called spear phishing. Here, spear is a long wooden pole with a sharp end used mostly for fighting and even fishing, that is, catching fish. The term spear phishing is used when the email comes from an official source, like an organization or internet provider, and it instructs the user to change the password. To protect data from unsolicited or unwanted malware, users should exercise caution when opening email attachments, masquerading or passing as ordinary links. Opening those attachments leads to the immediate encryption of the data in the hard drive, which in turn means the files cannot be accessed or used. Another important way to protect files is by updating or using the most recent versions of antivirus software, as criminals are always finding new ways to override the latest versions of these programs or take control of them. The events, however, ram home or strongly emphasize the dangers of using computer technology in the 21st century. Computers are a blessing or helpful, but they can also be a curse or a huge problem. I have found an interesting quote 
to wrap up today's episode. It is by an English historian who lived between 1608 and 1661. And his name was Thomas Fuller. He said, Take heed. Most men will cheat without scruple, or they can do it without fear. See you next time. Bye.